Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. You may have realized, don't panic, because the first two or three of these was on one verse. We're actually going to do a few verses now. Careful. But we will still take till the beginning of October to get to the end of Philippians, so that should be fun. I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Three things, three simple things, we see about Paul here in this passage. Firstly, we see Paul's heart for the Philippians. And his heart is very clear, verses 3 to 5. I thank God every time I remember you. We've got people in our lives... That every time we think of them, we thank God for them. We're thankful they're around. Not necessarily people who are close at the moment, not necessarily people who are positive at the moment, but we're still thankful for them. And then Paul here, the Greek here, is using extreme language. In all my prayers for all of you I always remember he's he's laying it on thick <laughs> he's saying this is so important to me this is my heart for you I always pray with joy not because she's a good prayer partner there you go I've got the same response at 8.30 <laughs> Do you remember you are allowed to groan? It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fine. The silence is the damning one, isn't it? <laughs> I pray with joy. Look around you. Do you pray for these guys with joy? All of them. Even the ones that are complete pain. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Since you become church warden, do you pray with all of them for, with joy? Always. <laughs> and he has joy in them because there's a partnership in the gospel from the very beginning. His heart is there. And actually, if we can go on to verse 7 as well, you see more of his heart pouring out. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you because I have you in my heart. 
Do we feel that about church? Do we? Or is it one of our hobbies amongst many? Is it the thing we do on a Sunday? Or do we have the people around you in your heart? Whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ. Are these people around you the most important people in your life? Interesting one. Now, what do we call ourselves here? They're the Philippians, because they're from Philippi. Are we the Cheshambosians? <laughs> or the Leonardians? That's probably better, isn't it? Leonardians? Leonardians. Sounds like we follow Mr. Spock there, doesn't it? You've got to get the reference. I want you to hear this morning. There's something I really, really, really want you to hear this morning. Paul's heart for the Philippians is my heart for you. Or as I said at 8.30, you lot. They seem to quite like that, <laughs> the term of affection. That's my heart. When I was on sabbatical, I missed worshipping with you guys. And I didn't go online. No offence to the people who are online this morning, because many of us, it's because we have to. But I didn't go online because it's not the same. It's better than now to the middle of lockdown, but it's not the same. It's not church. However scary church may be and every, however afraid you are of viruses and all the rest of it, you know, this is still the safest place to be. But my heart is the same as Paul. When I was on sabbatical, things would happen... And I'd go, oh, I could tell them about that. Oh, no, I can't. I'm not here. And, of course, by the time the three months were up, you've forgotten half the things that you were going to say. You've heard some of them. September, I'll have been here eight years. Which is quite a long time, actually. And I've got any plans to go anywhere. You go to, on sabbatical... <laughs> First, one of the first questions you ask is, Lord, is this it? Are we going? What do you want to say? You move. Because it is. All, all bets are off, as it were. You've got to just dis discover what the Lord wants. You're not done, I think was the phrase he used. So there you go. There's some finessing around that, but you're not done. So I'm not going anywhere. And actually, that's great. When I have a Sunday off and I'm not away, which is very rare... Somebody said to me, where do you worship? And I, I, I want to go to St. Leonard's. I don't want to go anywhere else. I remember asking John Went, who was a retired bishop in this area. I asked him I said, when I first got here, I said, if I have a Sunday off, where do I go to get proper charismatic worship and some decent teaching? And he stopped and he went, your place? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But actually... We do. Yeah. Me, you know, with Johnny leading or John T before and, and Chris preaching and all that. Why would, you, why would you go anywhere else? You know? 
when somebody didn't come on our church weekend away two years ago because they said, well, I'm not, no, was it two years ago? When we did it. The last one. When Di and Wendy and myself and Vicky and Chris and Martin did the teaching. And somebody said, well, I'm, I'm not going to go. I can get that. I can get that any time. Like, really? Really? My heart, my heart, lectern behind me, stepped. I'm going to have to get used to the geography. There's more space at the front of the beacon. <laughs> but this feels right. This feels right. Moment. My heart. I have you in my heart. I may have been 9,000 miles away. We prayed. Well, I prayed every day. Some of you even got texts every now and going, you're right. Those of you who weren't well, how are you doing? Because and some people would have told me off for that because you're on sabbatical, don't do it. Why? This is family. I stayed in contact with my family. So why shouldn't I stay in contact with my family? You also see here Paul's confidence. First thing is Paul's heart, then Paul's confidence. Verse 6. Paul is confident of this, that he, God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Paul's confidence is that God will finish the work he's doing. God isn't like us when you, you've renovated. I, I've never done this, so I'm now talking complete out of my experience. But I, I've got several friends who've renovated their kitchen but never quite finished. There's always a bit that doesn't get done. Well, in our house, I don't even start because I make a mess of it. But there's always a bit that doesn't get done. Because it's your own, you don't quite finish it, do you? God always takes it through to completion. God's not one of those that half does a job. He takes it through completion, unless, of course, you walk away from it. <laughs> if you walk away from it, then he's not going to make you. But Paul has the confidence that God, because Paul knows, Paul's experienced that faithfulness of God, that perseverance of God. And I know each one of you long as you choose to continue to walk with him, to be open with him, God will bring you to fullness and completion. Has God spoken about the building? Yes. Actually, I loved it. At one of the prayer times last week, Becky had a, uh, had a picture of a wrecking ball going through the building. Now, some of you should be shocked to hear that because that picture was had, Fred, wasn't it? That picture was had 30 plus years ago when the new rectory was built. Somebody had a picture of a wrecking ball going through that building the day it was opened and Mike and Anthea moved in. I didn't share it because the blessed thing had only just been built and felt that they must have got it wrong because how could a wrecking ball go? And that was Lina had that picture. So not one of your weird, wacky, charismatic people. You know. I think she didn't share it because her husband had just spent several years raising the funds to actually build the flipping thing. So, but Peggy had the same picture. 
knowing nothing of what Lionel had said. Has God got a wrecking ball that's going to go through the rectory and go through, and is, is it going to happen? I don't think, I don't, I'm, I love you. I don't think most of you believe it. I don't think you do. Because why would God do that? We're back in church now. Wendy prayed about it this morning. Back in church now, we don't need it, do we? By heck we do. I love this building. It's great. But even better, if you fancy setting fire to the pews before you leave, that's absolutely fine. I will claim all ignorance. Because we need a space. Not necessarily for worship, not necessarily for this, that, but we need that space to do, and to do the blessing into the community, to help, and... For it to be a space for community to use free of charge and all that stuff. Has God spoken? What do the elders think? Has God spoken? Yes. 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 So we're standing on that. But do you know what? If you don't stand behind us, there's no point. No point. And that's one of the caveats. I'm here and I'm not done unless you lot think it's not going to happen. Then he's told me to get out. I want it to happen. God, I want you lot to be there. I want us to see us expand. But we've got to believe it. And it's not pie in the sky. It's not a pipe dream. Because if we think it's a pipe dream, then God's too small. I love the fact it's going to cost us so much money to do it. Because I can't raise that amount of money. And, you know, if it was going to be £400,000, I'd probably think, oh, no, we can organise that. Well, no, I'd probably think, oh, no, no, somebody else can organise that. <laughs> I'll, go and, I'll go and sell the idea and somebody else can organise it. But because it's so much, I can't do that. It's, it's got to be God, hasn't it? It will come. So can you imagine, can you imagine my roller coaster as the leader? Yeah? Up and down. So when I say, do we believe it? And you go, what does it do to me? That's all right. Doesn't stop me loving and wanting the best and see the, the outcome. But it's hard work. We've got to do this together. That's the point of us being here. That we're doing it together. It's together. Yeah? The old advert, we want to be together. <laughs> Don't be like the wife at that point who looks and goes, <laughs> as if to say, really? No, we do. We want to be together. If you don't know the advert, forget about it. Don't worry. <laughs> You're too young. <laughs> Flattery gets me everywhere, you know. God is faithful, and Paul has confidence. I have confidence. What does confidence mean? Confides, with faith. God has with faithness. Sorry, Paul has with faithness in God. And so do I. But we need it together. Anybody see what I did with my glasses when I took them off? Thank you. Proving my age. And then thirdly, we have Paul's prayer. Verse 9. 
This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Have you got the picture yet? Paul's prayer is my prayer for us. That we will abound in love. That word abounding is sort of the active end of abundant, isn't it? He has given us abundant life, but that life needs to abound. Now, he's given us everything we need, but we need to grow into it. So experientially, we abound in love, even though we have the fullness of love. That's where the head starts to scream slightly, isn't it? We have it all, but we need to live in it all. And that's the process of sanctification. That's the process of transformation. Well, I've come to Christ, I don't need to do any more. Really? Well, do you know what? You don't need to do any more, but by heck, you're missing out on so much. You've gone into the gates of heaven, and you've set up your tent, and you're having a great time. And then there's the palace, and the gardens, and the amazing food over there, and but you're happy you're in your tent by the gates, and you're just glad to be inside the gates and not outside the gates. Well, do you know what? Good on one level, but on another, there's so much more. Further up and further in. Yeah. And there's more. There's always more. Because the life that God gives you is not just abundant or abounding, but infinite. And we will never get to the end of infinity. Otherwise, it's not infinity. By definition. It's bigger than we can imagine. God can do immeasurably more than we can imagine. And I can imagine a heck of a lot. But he can do immeasurably more. Than My prayer is that we will abound in love. That we will have more insight and discernment. We've discussed this as elders recently. Because we're getting more and more prophetic. It's becoming much more normal for people to send us prophetic works. Great. Keep sending them. But we need more insight and more discernment to work it. So we don't suddenly go and go off on one. And the best way to get insight and discernment is to get the word of God. And I don't mean the prophetic word of God. I mean the written word of God deep in you. So that you test, it is the canon, it is the measuring rod of all things. So when the prophetic comes, you go, well, that's biblical. However weird the picture can be, it can still be biblical. And however apparently biblical some things are, they're not as well. But we need that wisdom and that discernment, that knowledge of the scriptures, that knowledge and experience of God. And we need to be filled with the fruit of righteousness. God's empowering presence in us. We need the fruit of the Spirit to abound. So that we can host the gifts of the Spirit. You know what he's basically calling us to? I'll whisper it because it's a dirty word at the moment. It's a word lots of churches won't use. It's a word the world finds offensive. He's calling us to holiness. 
He's calling us to be holy as he is holy. The problem is when we stand for holy things, we get accused of being bigots. We get accused of being exclusive. We get... I want to be as inclusive as possible because I want everybody and anybody to come to Christ, please. The problem is, as soon as they choose not to, I'm not excluding them. They're excluding themselves. Oh, but you're against this and against that and against the other thing. No, I'm not. I'm for God. I'm for what it says in the Word. David, you all know this name. I don't know whether everybody else here will. There's an all blacks fullback called Israel Folau. Some of you nodding? He actually played at Twickenham last weekend for a World 50, a rugby all-back. All... Is he Australian, is he? Thank you. As an inter- Antipodean. <laughs> Somebody tell the 8.30, I got it wrong. I said all-black. Okay, so Australian, is he? But he got sacked. Two years ago, three years ago? Three, four years ago. He got sacked. Because he, he's a fabulous player. Um, one of the... Yeah, just an amazing player. Because he put hate speech on his Twitter account, Instagram, something. Some social media account. He put hate speech up, and it was hateful, and he shouldn't have done it. And worse, he didn't apologise for doing it. So he got sacked. He'd put a verse of scripture up. That's all he'd done. A verse of scripture. And he didn't apologise for putting a verse of scripture up. Be holy as I am holy. The world will hate us when we choose to be holy. It doesn't say be nice. It says be loving, be kind. But it doesn't say be nice and fit in with the world. It says conform not to the pattern of this world, but be renewed in your mind. Put it in the right order in your own mind. <laughs> Romans 12. We're called to be holy. My heart for you is that I want to see the best. My confidence is that God will take you and us to the place of fulfillment. My prayer is that we will abound in love, in wisdom, in holiness. So let me leave you with this. I implore you. Somebody thought I said employ earlier. Which sort of loses its edge if you think that. So I implore you, as my heart is for you. I implore you, as my confidence is in God's work in you. I implore you, as I pray for you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the face of Christ. Have you all gone there? And all these things will be added unto you. Seek his presence. God's empowering presence manifest to you. You don't need to find his presence because he's here. Oh, and he's here. And he's here. And he's here. And he's here. And he's, he's already here. But we, what we want to seek is his manifest presence. Seek Jesus and the kingdom 
Seek the presence of God. You know what will happen next. Your love will abound. And you will be full of the fruit of righteousness. And the kingdom will come. And the glory will be his. Amen.